Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you, yeah, that's you, in your car, listening to this in the dining room, folding some laundry. We're inviting you on a journey into the Crucible for a fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of discovery. Mm. I'm your host, Zach Armstrong. Uh, Ed is still on the adventure with uh, D-House and J-Bray from the Wild Wormhole. Uh, they have accumulated a large pile of magical amber and are currently battling some wizards, uh, but I'm doing something more important, which is having our lovely guest Lyle from Kick Crit Camp back to talk about a deck that's special to him. Lyle, how are you doing today? Good, good. Happy to, happy to be here and talk about this deck. Yes, I'd much rather be doing that than helping Ed fight wizards. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, this is much more pleasant. Yeah, um, of, course, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so as you know, dear listener, we have our guests back. Lyle was on last week. If you didn't hear us talk about the SAS climb and uh, the method of of playing your decks that the SAS climb is, definitely go back and check that out. And now we've brought Lyle back to talk about a deck that is uh, special, unique to him. Uh, that he's got uh, that he's got some interesting experiences with. Um, but the uh, first question I have, because I've just been breathing through my nose a bit, did somebody did somebody lart in here, Lyle? Did you lart? I'm I'm sorry. What <laughs> did you lart? Have you did you lart on live on a podcast? Oh, oh, oh no, that's just the library access reverse time in the deck. Sorry, I thought somebody larded. Anyways, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Lyle, what uh, what is the name of this deck, and uh, what is it? What why have you brought it here today? Okay, now I know that I I, um, I talked extensively about the SAS climb last time, and mm-hmm. so I know that you, that everybody is probably thinking that I'm going to bring a low SAS deck that has surprised me. But when when Zach asked me to pick a deck in my collection, there's one particular deck that sort of I keep close to my heart because it was the first deck in which I felt like, oh, I want to be good at this deck or this mm. deck was really interesting enough that like I want it to be my main. <laughs> and so the name of the deck is Skipalun, the River Warden of Practice. And River Warden is in, uh, is, uh, in quotes there. And it is a Coda deck. That is Logos, Mars, and Shadows, um, and the um, and this deck I got sort of, I believe, in a sealed event at my local game store, and immediately was like, this could be really, really cool. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's basically the 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 intro to to the deck. Uh, would you like me to go sort of through? 
um, why why I like this, or do you want me sure. to talk about well, it? Well, uh, what what was it like uh, uh, opening it in sealed? Because it's obviously a deck you you generated a, a connection with. What was the what were some things that happened in those first games with it that really drew you in? Um, I got to tell you, it was a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had both library access and reverse time in it. Sure. Um, and I'm trying to remember. My memory is, is getting hazy now. I can't remember when it was nerfed, um, library access. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, sure. and so it might have been a time where you could still play it over and over. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, as my first deck that, um, or one of my first decks that had library access, um, I knew that that was just a, such an amazing card. And with the in combination with the reverse time meant that I could trigger... Like I could play a bunch of logos cards, put them in my discard pile, do reverse time, and then be able to slowly pick them all back up and then replay them again. Mm, um, yeah. And so there was something about that sort of fast cycle that kind of was like infinite <laughs> at the time that I thought was really, really interesting. Um, I also want to say that I went through a a very like. Um, emotional roller coaster with house Mars um, in the beginning. Um, so this, this deck has Mars in it and I love the Mars suite in it, but Mars was the house that I hated the most uh, when I first started playing. Um, I just didn't understand it. I, I thought it was annoying. And this deck was the deck that sort of changed my mind on house Mars. And probably to this day, Mars is like my favorite house, I think, these days. Um, I think because it is an underdog and it's not that great. Um, I mean, (laughs) if if I'm just like Ed yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, if I'm uh, if I'm being like sweaty Lyle, I would probably say Logos is really my favorite house. Um, Sure. (laughs) I always want Logos in any deck that I own. But um, but there's something about Mars decks that make me want to play them because I want to make them work very, like, I want to make them work. Um, I know that they're like, you're on your back foot. Um, I just want it to be great. And to win with a Mars deck makes you feel like you've done that much better. Um, And I love playing against people that are playing Mars these days because it's like, I just haven't seen that house in so long. Mm. Um, But yeah, between the Logos and the Mars, um, you know, I I fell in love with this deck. And the Shadows ain't, ain't too bad itself either. Um, so if we want to talk about sort of this Mars package that I have here, I'll just sure. read off the, the card so that the listeners can, can hear what, what's in it. It has an EMP blast. It has an irradiated Amber, an orbital bombardment, a shatter storm, two grabber jammers, three mind warpers, a John Smith, a biomatrix backup and a jammer pack. And so there's a lot of really great things that are happening here. Um, and there's a lot of really funny things that sort of happen with this deck, particularly with the um, Shatterstorm EMP Blast and the Irradiated, irradiated Amber. Um, so um, in the beginning, um, you know, when it was just Coda, you know, the the stall that the Grabber Jammers and the Jammer Pack can do, and, um, and also with the three Mind Warpers, uh, with sort of having your opponents capture Amber from their own side, was just fun um, to do. And then, um, you know, with the Biomatrix backup, I could sort of 
grab them back. And then sort of John Smith's shenanigans with Mind Warpers were also really, really good. Um, on the on the logo side, you know, we have library access for first time that I, I talked about, but also Fogify, lab work, phase shift, wild wormhole, a bunch of actions there um, to help, you know, cycle through with library access. Then we have Library of Babel, Mobius Scroll to help, um, you know, go through my deck a little bit faster. Uh, Dr. Escatera, which is, I believe, the weak link of this Logos package, a mother and two Quixos. So a lot of really good card draw um, there uh, in archiving. Um, and then on the shadow side, double Miasma, Relentless Whispers, a Too Much to Protect, a Bad Penny Seeker Needle, um, Carlo, Phantom, Dodger, Naughty, uh, Silvertooth, Smiling Ruth, and Urchin. So mm, that's um, a classic Call of the Archon Shadows lineup. Yes. Lots of good steel, lots of good stall. Um, and so this deck can set up in good ways with the stall from the grab grabber jammers, mind warpers, and the jammer pack, um, you know, to get off and the miasmas to get off a really good too much to protect. Um, you know, then you can do like too much to protect with the urchin to sort of do like those kinds of shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, and so when this deck is online and moving, um, it can move very, very fast um, and and just be very frustrating for, for the opponent. Yeah, it looks like it. And uh, by um, well, the helpful things of decks of Keyforge, right, is the, some of the quantifying of what decks can do Yep. Um, and so, uh, Amber control, of course, uh, being able to keep your opponent off of Amber in, uh, in off of keys in certain ways is very important. And, uh, this is a call of the Archons deck with a Amber control count of 21, which for call of the Archons is sky high. Yes. Absolutely sky high. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean the amber control is crazy. Now, now the number that contributes to that is also um, is the Shatterstorm, which is you know one of the quirky things about this deck. Shatterstorm mm. is so 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 powerful, um, but it comes at a cost, um, which which a lot of Mars stuff tends to do. Um, it comes at a cost, so. Um, if you guys aren't familiar or ha haven't seen Shatterstorm in a while, it's an action from Mars that says, lose all your amber. Then your opponent loses triple the amount lost this way. Um, and so this can set up some really, really amazing things if your opponent has too much to protect or if your opponent has interdimensional graft or or things like that. Um, you know, grab, grab five amber, grab four amber, make your opponent lose 12 or, mm -hmm. you know, 15. Um, it's kind of a big deal. But it's one of those things where if I can play this, I have to be able to generate that amber back. <laughs> right, right. There's a lot of times in which this will be in my hand, um, and then I have six amber, and they have like six or seven, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to lose all the amber I've, I've worked so hard to forge and to get to check to then, you know, stall out their key. Um, you know, so so it it, it gives very interesting decisions that I have to, that I have to make throughout. Sure. And, uh, in looking at the list, it seems like you've got tons of Amber control options, but uh, the deck is a little bit shorter on, um, options for removing enemy creatures. 
on the board. So are there, is there anything in particular you kind of have to hold on to in this deck or a way you have to play if, uh, if your opponent is throwing a lot of uh, big beefy creatures at you? Yeah. And that's, and, and now you're, you're starting to get into the, the weaknesses of this deck. Mm. Um, you know, this is the deck, this is a deck that I've had the most plays on. I've played probably over. And again, it's like, it's not as much as a lot of other, you know, Keyforge players out there, but I, I have like over 70 plays or 75 plays uh, with this deck. Yeah. Um, and I actually brought it to my store championship um, and it got fourth of, I think 16 of us were, were playing that back in the mm. day. This is back in fall of 2019. Um, and this is the deck I also brought to uh, a regional championship in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Um, in which I made it to like round two or something like that, and got I, I lost almost to a mirror match, uh, Logos Mars Shadows, with almost the same kind of lineup. Um, it was it was actually very interesting and a very fun game. Um, but this is by no means a consistent deck for me. Um, mm, really? Yeah, it's it's. I have like just over like a fifty percent win rate with it. Now you think that like my favorite deck would be a deck that constantly wins but i just find that i have so many fun games with this with this deck um and um a lot of the issues that i have with the deck is and um is what you just mentioned um is the lack of board control uh, or like really quick board control so there are things that i need to keep in this deck uh, all the time which is like Irradiated Amber, uh, which is the action from Mars, um, which is oh, it gives me sure. a buck or an Amber when I play it. And it says, if your opponent has six or more Amber, then deal three damage to each enemy creature. Now, it's great when it when you can get it off, but it also assumes or, or like it needs my opponent to be at like check. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> to, to work it. Um, so it really only works when I have my grab, my grabber jammers or my mind warpers out um, on the field. Um, to, to get it and then it's only doing three damage per um, which is great when you're going against a bunch of like shadows uh, or like you know small logo stuff especially in coda um, but when worlds collide sort of came out and dinos came out and everything sort of got beefier sanctum came back with more armor yeah. you know later um, you know this deck got hit real hard um, because there's not a lot of other things it can do board control wise. So, so then the, the way I've had to play this deck is more rushed down, um, you know, generate as much Amber as possible. I can't, I can't think about my opponent's board as much, uh, because there's literally nothing I can really do. Um, (laughs) other than irradiated Amber reverse time, get irradiated Amber back out and then play it again assuming I can stall my opponent in the meantime so they can't forge a key. Um, right. So right. Um, when I when I spoke earlier about sacrifices I have to make, that's one of those things where I have to think, do I stall out my opponent here? Or is this the opportunity to play a Radiant Amber and give him a key? Um, sometimes it's like the, the decision I have to make there. Um, like, is it more advantageous to clear the board now and me maybe forge two keys real quick? Or, you know, the, the other way around. And, and the same thing with, um, you know, odd decisions. It's it's EMP Blast, which is a Mars uh, action with one Amber. Each Mars creature and each robot creature is stunned. And then each artifact is destroyed. You know, I don't necessarily want to 
stun my Mars creatures. Um, and I don't necessarily want to lose, you know, Library of Babel and Mobius Scroll and Secret Needle. Um, mm, you know, yeah. but sometimes those are the sacrifices you have to make. If, say, for example, somebody's playing Heart of the Forest or right. something crazy like Dark Amber Vault or, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, any number of crazy artifacts that, um, you know, will just destroy me. A Lash of Broken Dreams, you know, um, and a couple Dominator baubles, you know, like th- there's some things that like, I just need to play that card, but it comes at a sacrifice. Um, and so I just, I think the the interesting decisions that I have to make here in this deck keep making me go back to it uh, as a deck that like, I want to, like when I win with this deck, I feel like I earned it kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, speaking of earning things, uh, what's your favorite thing you can remember stealing with Smiling Ruth? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this thing never goes off. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Oh, that's so sad. It really, it really it's, doesn't it's though. So, You're right. so sad. Um, <laughs> honestly, like probably like the, like one of the, one of the best things that I have, I've taken are like a Snaret or, mm-hmm. you know, an Ember Imp. I just remember taking when I could take stuff like I, I remember liking taking like disc things. Sure. Um, um, as uh, that had like passive effects yeah. on them. Um, I, I, I feel like it was interesting, but like, honestly, smiling Ruth never, never goes off. And if I had to, if I like, I had the ability to sort of take this into constructed or something like that. Like smiling Ruth would be one that I would, I would toss and put something else in. Right. Um, there's a, there's a couple cards in this, in this, um, in this deck where I'm just like, you're mo- more or less useless for me. And I would probably want something else. <laughs> sure. I will say, uh, I'll, I'll read it for anybody who hasn't played with smiling Ruth, although she made a, a reappearance in mass mutation, uh, one power, elusive elf thief, she has reap. If you forged a key this turn, take control of an enemy flank creature. So uh, stealing creatures, very powerful, but it's it's uh, bounded by they have to be flank and you also have to have forged a key this turn. Um, yeah. I did once have a turn where using um, uh, using my two essence scales, I stole a Lady Lorena and uh, something else. All in all in one turn, I think my opponent just conceded. Oh, after that's, that. that's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did have. So in preparation for um, for for this talk, I did play a few games this week and I mm. haven't played this deck in a long time. Yeah, um, I played a couple games on the Crucible this week and there was this one like I, I had Smiling Ruth on the board and I was playing a mass mutation deck in which somebody put their giant logos double card creature and oh, it was like yeah. played it out and it was on the flank mm-hmm. and there was there was there was just this like moment where i was like oh my god can i do it <laughs> can i do can i do it but of course that i got like positron bolted like immediately i was right. like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh but like goodness. there was the chance I was like, I was like, oh my God, this could be amazing. This could be the best deal of my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, aside from poor, poor old smiling Ruth, you mentioned there's, there's a few other cars that just don't really do it for you in this deck. So after 70 plays, what, uh, what are some of the cards that you just have not really found uh, a redemptive use for? You know, yeah, I, I gotta say, 
Smiling Ruth is one of them yeah. where it's cool, but the utility of it never happens. And and I would almost rather have almost anything else. Um, like another urchin would have been great there if you're talking about like small creatures um, would be good. Also, Carlo Phantom doesn't really do it for me here um, because I only have three artifacts. Sure. And um, Carlo Phantom um, is a shadows creature. Everybody one um, one health elusive skirmish each time you play an artifact steal one um it, it's one of those things where it just doesn't come into play bad penny actually does much better in this deck than than carlo phantom because i have relentless whispers and and secret needle so i can actually do things with her sure um so carlo phantom and smiling ruth are probably the two that bother me in the in the shadows lineup i'm actually fairly ha- like happy with the mars lineup i end up using those cards to good effect yeah uh, and then logos everything seems to be pretty okay except when i pick up doctor at Sagatera, i'm always like i kind of just wish you were something else <laughs> right um and you know when we're talking about weaknesses of this deck you know one of them is board clears like if one of those cards that i i, I toss could be a board clear of some kind that would be great um and because i have trouble keeping my mind warpers and john smith it's a classic mars problem on the board it would have been nice to just have like something beefy with taunt Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, in this deck as well i could i could sort of prevent my grabber jammers from being so easily fought my mind warpers my john smith my quicksos um you know all my little small little uh shadows guys um you know everything's so easy to be taken out in this deck so um a way to protect them would be great a way to clear large boards would be great um you know but other than that i i I think you know i i just have uh yeah i i think everything else sort of works in the package yeah it it makes sense and it looks i mean it's got it's got the hammer control it's got some speed it's got uh plenty of good ways to to get amber and just 13 pips straight up so yeah even even if it uh, is weak to board like you said it's got the ability to go ahead and try to outrace um, yes. outrace the opponent and just get across the finish line before the a large line of creatures can can wreak havoc <laughs> <laughs> yeah if i you know it's it's one of those things that like because i've been playing it this week you know, I, I just like there are certain cards that I think about that I'm just like, man, if I just had that, mm-hmm. like it would be a lot better, you know. And and one of the cards that I think about is um, as something as a complement to irradiated amber, right? Where irradiated amber lets me do three damage to everybody. Um, like I would love like a maverick spirits way. Oh, in, in sure. this deck, mm-hmm. where it's just like everything with three or more power gets destroyed. Like that yeah. would be phenomenal in this deck um and you know and when i'm talking about replacing dr escatera like if i could just replace dr escatera with a titan guardian i i would be mm. more than pleased you know oh yeah titan guardian is such a good card yeah and then uh just as a reminder to everybody titan guardian is a logos creature that has taunt that you know says if it's destroyed and it's not on the flank you draw two cards you know so it's one of those things where it really helps me cycle my deck and it could protect some things um you know and and so like now i'm doing like double duty there like that would be phenomenal um but you know it's the deck is what it is 
And, you know, as, you know, especially like, yeah, when I said before, when Worlds Collide came out and Dinos reigned supreme, um, this deck was like, this can't compete. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with a with a bunch of dinos especially with and i i just had a, a game with a buddy of mine um cameron who also streams keyforge sometimes um and he uh played me a world uh played against me with a world's collide saurian deck and he had a couple odiac um the pediatrician or whatever um <laughs> the, the one where like if he has amber the, on the pediatrician him, like, yeah. <laughs> is amber and i'm like well great like now there's a big beefy creature that i have no way to destroy that now shuts down my an entire house all of the mine. steel yep yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. and so like on the backs of two of those out on the board plus uh a ludo a prefectus ludo so he was capturing a lot of stuff and i couldn't get it back mm-hmm. um like he just he just stalled me out in a way that that was rough um yeah, that's the thing that really works uh, works against this deck as well. Not only just big boards, but if they have amber mitigation that is like similar to mine, like they can stall me out as much as I can stall them out. Oh, um, sure. I get I get really I get really uh, disrupted. Um, I have a note um, that I'm looking at that I wrote, and I very rarely write notes in my like KeyForge Master Vault, but apparently right. like. I felt so strongly about this at the time in, in October of 2019 that I wrote this note. Um, I had two really bad beats and I, I wrote this note. I said, um, somebody had beat me with triple toxins, a subtle mall two and two control the weeks. Oh, jeez, <laughs> And just completely locked me down. Um, and one, the other beat was I lost the heart of the forest because I stalled out so badly. Uh, and I didn't have any answers for it. Oh so apparently, <laughs> well, so but, apparently there it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, for Scipulin's sake, I mean, like three toxins and two control the weeks, and then heart of the forest. Like anybody, anybody can lose to that stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> that's not just skip uh, Scipulin. <laughs> I could just imagine myself like like driving home so dejected from 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 whatever that local play was, right? That like I was like I need to come home and write in my journal, uh, and I opened up Master Vault and I wrote these I wrote these things like like these these things hurt me today, and right. and you know be on guard don't let them hurt you again. Um, <laughs> oh man, oh that's funny. That's very funny. When it is online and it is moving, and and when I mean that I mean. You know, some of my Mars suite of creatures are out, the Grabber Jammers, the Mind Warpers, the John Smith, and they're doing their shenanigans. Um, you know, when the Shadows is out and it's Dodger and Naughty, you know, in Bad Petty Secret Needle, and they're doing their thing. Um, you know, and I or I can actually get the old library access into reverse time mm. with the phase shift going. Yeah, it just feels so dynamic. Like mm-hmm. the, the the turns feel like I'm really really taking advantage of all the things I can do, um, and it just feels really great. Um, you know, and I think I'm always chasing that feeling with this deck. The the that feeling that's like, oh, we are it's go time. Like you know, 
um, we are we are ready now to pop off. Um, and so I just love that feeling with this deck. There are very few decks in my collection that make me feel this way when I play them. And even when I lose with this deck, like what we were talking about last time, um, there are still enough tricks that are fun for me um, with it that that make me feel okay about losing. Um, again, like a switch goes off in my brain when I know that I'm really, really losing that it's like, just get this combo off, you know, sure. just, just hit a great reverse time. Like just get that one key, um, you know, that those kinds of things, or like, let's just stall out my opponent long enough to make them frustrated, um, <laughs> that they sure. can't, they can't quite finish me <laughs> off. Um, uh, you know, those, those are the things that like, you know, I can, I can sort of switch, switch on with this deck and then still have a really good experience, even if I lose. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Lyle, thank you so much for coming back onto Call of Discovery to talk about uh, the River Warden of Practice. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, in in case uh, they didn't make good on it last time, where can people find you and uh, Crit Camp? Sure. Uh, you can you can watch me stream at twitch.tv slash Crit Camp. It's usually a duo tabletop miniatures stream uh, with my buddy Chris, but we do play a lot of Keyforge as well. Um, our, all of our VODs are on youtube.com slash critcamp. You can find us on Twitter at, at critcamp. Uh, chat with us and our Discord at discord.gg slash critcamp. And then you can find me, uh, my personal Twitter, at, at Moscato underscore Lyle. Fantastic. Well, dear listener, definitely go check them out. If you haven't, they have uh, all sorts of games from the past uh, nearly eight years that they've been streaming, especially up on uh, up on YouTube that you can check out all their gameplay on and uh, be sure to tune in for some of their streams as well. Uh, I am there uh, once or more a month, one times or more per month, uh, and it is quite a fun, quite a fun place to be. So if you're enjoying Call of Discovery, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app of choice. That way you get notified whenever we drop a new episode. And if you're new to Keyforge, make sure to visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana, the Keyforge wiki. It'll help you get started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. And uh, if you're getting other people into the game, make sure you send them that link. It's got a lot of good stuff. If you're looking to support Call of Discovery monetarily, you can visit our Patreon, which we've linked below, where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord or Beyond Discovery, our behind-the-scenes podcast that Ed and I do together. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across all social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or send us an email at podcast at calldiscovery.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 